0: 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 verses 12 to 17. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found out Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. Now thanks, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sa- sweet saver of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. For, for the one that are the savior of the death unto death, and to the other savour of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which cor- corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, and as God speak, we in Christ. You may have a seat. So pastor asked me last Sunday if I would, uh, I would uh, preach up here. Um, I've never done that, this before. And uh, you know, I thought about it. I had a message in mind. And I was, I was kind of working on that message. And he texted me on Thursday. He says, are you good for um, next week? Can you make sure it's something encouraging? And i think thinking, why do you have to say that? It's like, aren't I always encouraging? <laughs> then, then I started looking through my message. I just like, these are actually pretty discouraging. So I guess I'm just discouraging Daniel. All right, so, you know, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to discourage you so that I can encourage you. All right, uh, I, I don't want to go too much far out of my element here. All right, so we've got uh, Paul here, and uh, Paul was facing a time of great discouragement. He had written a letter to Corinth, and, uh, he, and the people of Corinth were not uh, doing well. And so he wrote a letter to them, and uh, just trying to encourage them. Uh, he was facing a time where uh, he, he was being persecuted. Uh, he wasn't necessarily widely accepted in the churches. He had started those rampant sin in the churches. Uh, he had to flee for his life. Um, so he was a time of, of discouragement. And so he had left Timothy uh, uh, behind with them and to, um, to, to give the letter to them. And so Paul was facing discouragement. So we are not a little bit about Paul's discouragement. Right, he had a test in a lot of churches, but he got hurt. And he was hurt by the churches and, and just the things that were going on. And uh, probably a lot of things that we face uh, today in our ministries. We have people we serve with that disappoint us. We have people we minister to that hurt us that you invest your life in, but you just feel they don't hear the word. And you wonder, sometimes wonder why others don't care. And so we sometimes have the feeling of we just don't want to deal with it anymore. And a lot of us can relate to this in, in serving, right? There are times when we serve in our ministries and we just think, it does not matter? Um, I'm not doing my job. It's that uh, people are not not of no value. So we face a lot of discouragement when we're in ministry and maybe your own personal life as well. Uh, as Brother Irwin said, it's been about 15 years been, I've been here uh, serving on staff. And uh, going from a, a secular job doing accounting, um, and then coming to, on staff here was a very very big change. And so when Pastor had asked me to just come to his office, he didn't tell me what it was about, to consider when I would come on staff, and that uh, for me to pray about it. And so, and, uh, obviously, I, I accepted, and I, I prayed, out, prayed about it for a couple of months, and, and I accepted it. And, uh, and someone had asked me, uh, basically the de- deacons had interviewed me uh, uh, for, for this to make sure I was, I was ready for this. And they asked me, how do you feel about coming on staff? And I said to them that I was frightened to death. The reason I said that is because I knew coming in to, when you're um, going to the ministry and being on staff, that you're going to face criticism, you're going to face disappointment, and you can't just say that, uh, no, you don't want to do, do the ministry anymore. I knew that I would be in for the long haul. And so these are some of the things that I kind of had to remember uh, when I talk about later today, but things I had to consider when I was uh, coming on staff and, and just the changes I would be going through. And so we see here Paul was facing a lot of discouragement and, and he could have just cowered. But if you look at uh, verse 12 here. Furthermore, when I came to Tiras to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. So through discouragement, Paul looked. For open doors. He saw an opportunity an open door. Here in verse 12. And, and Paul goes to um, Troas to, to preach. He was, he was very well received. And, and people were getting saved. And, and things were happening there. And even though um, you know, previously his life was, was threatened. He was in a place where he could uh, preach the gospel. But he just felt something wasn't right. In verse 13 says, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus, my brother. He saw here, as like, Titus is not with me. I'm here in Troas alone, and Titus is not with me. And so he was feeling discouraged. And even though things were going well in Troas, he was feeling discouraged. And, and he just felt he needed to do something. And so uh, he, he, he headed back, um, back and, and he wanted to find out what was going on. So his concern was with the church at Corinth and that Titus was, was left behind there. And so Paul was concerned with how the church was doing, and, and he just felt his heart was not in it. He was feeling discouraged at this time, and, and the joy wasn't there, the zeal, the, the passion wasn't there. And so he had to leave Troas uh, uh, for a while. He was, he was feeling alone. And this is going to happen in ministry sometimes. Sometimes we, we feel alone. Sometimes we feel happy. it's only us who cares. Sometimes we feel that, uh, that no one else wants to put in the work. And we have those feelings of, of loneliness sometimes. So the question is, how do we keep going during those times? How do we keep going during those times where we just want to quit? How do we keep going during those times where we just feel that no one else wants to put in the work? He didn't dwell on the criticism. He didn't deal in the hassle or the, or the heartache. And, and so ministry is going to have that. We're going to have the hassle we're going to have the heartache. We're going to have the criticism. And we've all dealt with that before. And, and you're going to deal with that once you're in ministry, whether that you're in full time or you serve in ministry, you are going to face those criticisms. And so here in verse 14, it says, uh, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And so Paul returns to Macedonia. And, Paul, through, um, and though the gospel was, was thriving here, so between 13 and 14, Verse 13 and 14, we don't know how much time passes through that. uh, The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how long that is. And so uh, during this time, he decides he's going to to leave Troas and check up on how uh, the churches are doing. And so even though he was feeling discouraged, he felt it was time to get his act together. And so this is the part where he was feeling discouraged and you think about yourself. The times you've been discouraged in ministry. The times where you just didn't feel like you're getting the results. The times you maybe you've been criticized and you just felt you shouldn't be criticized. And you think about those times and you, that you face and you are going to face. So now we're going to talk about the triumph. We're going to talk about the triumph now. And so... He decided to step out of the discouragement and step into encouragement. And sometimes it, we, it is, we do need to mow over sometimes discouragement we face in life. Sometimes we have to think about, you no know, the, the trials that we face and, and that the trials that God puts in our life. And that sometimes how hard the ministry can be sometimes. Sometimes it, it is worthwhile to think about those things. But there, there comes a times where we have to just get over it. You can't nourish on the broken feelings because we, we dwell on the broken feelings we have in ministry. That's time lost for eternity. And you, you mull over those disappointments you have, then you just kind of start forgetting about really what it means in the uh, terms of eternity. And so we're going to go through now about the different triumphs that uh, we, that's spoken of here. So first here in verse... Uh, 14 it says the first part here says says, now thanks be unto god says verse 14 now thanks be unto god he finally had this aha moment when he was dwelling in discouragement and then he said you know what i can't be discouraged anymore i have to give thanks to god here and so he started about thinking about giving thanks uh, he realized he couldn 't soak any longer, and sometimes it 's so easy to focus on the negative things it 's easy for us to think about what 's not going right that we can 't we can't always focus on that we can 't focus on those little things we have to focus on the end results and sometimes when things don 't go right in ministry we, we draw those those things and go wrong, uh, right, but we can always rejoice in those small victories, maybe that person getting saved maybe uh, uh, maybe that even in the case of when doing children's ministry, maybe a child who, do, who doesn't normally do memory verses, saying a memory verse. And, some, and so we do have to focus on those small victories that we, we see. And then we see next year here, thankful for the triumph in Christ. Can you continue verse 14? Thankful for the triumph in Christ. This word triumph here is a very special word. It's not like triumph is like uh, you're winning a basketball game. It's a it's a triumphant ceremony, it's like a a, a processional, uh, maybe someone who goes to the war and and someone comes back to a hero's welcome, they would this is the type of triumph it's talking about, it was a big deal, and so here it's interesting that Paul uses that word here, which also always causes us to triumph in Christ. And so, in the midst of despair and discouragement and depression that Paul was going through, he was thankful for the triumph in Christ. And we can always keep this in mind, and, and this really changes our perspective about when we go through those disappointments and discouragement in ministry that we can triumph in Christ. Maybe you don't see the results you expected, and maybe you don't get the help you need. Maybe things go slower than you expected. And this all holds true to our Christian life as well, whether you serve in a ministry or not. But our Christian life is also always filled with many disappointments. But we can rejoice in the triumph in Christ and, and give thanks to those things. And so you think of here this picture of a tribe and, um, and the, the, a general who's come back from a war. And, and that hero's welcome and the procession he's going through, the, the trumpets blowing and, and the, the, they, they would uh, have in, incense and to, uh, to smell the, the fragrance here. And so this would be a triumphant return because there's something that's really worth celebrating. And so we continue in verse 14 here when it says, thanks be to God. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every praise. So, thankful for the savor of his knowledge. God has used the manifest sweet smell of his knowledge. And that, here uh, Paul was thinking through this disappointment, discouragement that he was facing, that sweet smell of his knowledge, that aroma, that fragrance. That uh, he was able to, to help and, and share that sweet smell of, of his knowledge. And it's re- for us to remember, it, it's through us that we are a vessel to share the knowledge of, God, of, of Christ. That God's given us the opportunity to share that, that knowledge that he's, go- he's using us. And it's no small responsibility that God has given us that opportunity to share his knowledge. To share his word. And God knew full well there'd be discouragements. God knew full well that uh, there'd be difficulties in ministry. God knew full well when He appointed us that uh, there'd be times where we would be discouraged, and and but nonetheless, God would use us. If you think for yourself that uh, if someone were to be baking fresh chocolate chip cookies right now, you would have that aroma. I'm not I'm not a big chocolate chip cookie guy, but back in those days when I used to go to shopping malls, when people used to go to shopping malls, you no. Know, you could walk by, and you would smell that Mrs. Fields cookie. right? As you can tell, I like to eat. And I would not be able to resist that smell of a Mrs. Fields cookie, that fresh-baked chocolate chip cookie, and um, I would probably end up getting a dozen or so. Um, and so that sweet smell of that chocolate chip cookie would just be permeating. And if I were to come out here with fresh-baked cookies, you'd be able to smell it right now and that uh, the smell wouldn't be from me, it would be from the cookies, right? And so God is using us to be, to present the aroma of his knowledge, to present uh, the sweet smell of, of him. And so we think for ourselves the opportunity we have. So I have here scented candle, okay? Right now, it doesn't smell like much, but once I light it, and light. Give me a second here. Technical difficulties. Come on. It's... Okay, pretend is lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, but it will with a light. Pretend is lit. Okay. You can't see it anyway, so use your imagination. All right. So as long as that fire is burning... You can swell, smell that sweet aroma. As long as you that that fire continues to burn, it's gonna it's gonna smell. If, it, if this had an endless supply of of wax here, it would continue to burn. And the reason I say that is that you think about yourself in, in ministries during those disappointments, during the discouragement. Sometimes there's times you just want to quit. That you feel like it's just. Your 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 drive, your passion for the Lord is going to burn out. That uh, that we, we feel for ourselves that uh, maybe I'm burning out in ministry. It's just it's just too much for me. I I can't deal with that discouragement. I can't deal with that difficulties that I'm facing. And so, for us to continue to be a vessel for that sweet smell of our Savior, you need to keep that fire lit. You need to keep burning. And to be able to continue ministry, you have to keep the fire lit and keep it burning. And so, a lot of times we, how effective we are in ministry is uh, basically converse with uh, how you're doing your spiritual life. What's your spiritual life like? If, you're, if you have that joy in the Lord, if you uh, want to keep serving the Lord, and, and you look at the big picture about being so saved, your fire will continue to burn. And you, you can continue to be that, that uh, allow God to uh, permeate through you the sweet smell of our Savior. And so, you, if, uh, here in Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, it, it's a great opportunity for us to serve the Lord, but we have to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, we have to continue to be joyful in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and through the discouragement, through, through the, the difficult times, we have to serve the Lord with gladness. I know sometimes people say to me, like, sometimes I have a very serious face. Someone says I sometimes look like a bulldog because I have, like, a serious face. But, you know, I guarantee you, I, I, I am glad to serve the Lord. But, you know, you try to deal with 100 children on a Sunday, see how you look. All right? But, you know, I, 15 years on staff here. I still enjoy serving the Lord. And, uh, you know, 20 plus years in children's ministry, I'm still glad to serve the Lord. And so it's a great thing to have opportunity to be serving the Lord and, and to be serving with gladness. As we look, continue on here, the sweet savor of salvation. The sweet savor of salvation. So look at uh, verse uh, 15 and 16 here once again. For we are unto God a sweet savor for Christ. And then that are saved and then that perish to the one. We are the savior of death unto death and to the other savior of life unto life and who is sufficient for these things. And we go back to that, uh, that processional, the triumph there as they would burn the, the smells and to those who are victorious, that would be a, a great smell, a smell of victory, but maybe there was captives in that processional as well that they would show them off. That wouldn't be such a sweet smell. That would be the smell of defeat. And so here, this is a reminder for us that the sweet smell of the Savior is the smell of salvation. And that's what it's all about. About seeing people saved and, and bring the lost ones to Jesus Christ and, and sharing, sharing people the Word of God. And so we can remind ourselves that uh, that, that smell that we, when we serve in ministries and, and serve the Lord with gladness, and we present the Word of God, we present uh, to people what Jesus is all about. That you're presenting to them what it means to be saved. What it means to have Jesus Christ and to have your sins forgiven. But to those who are lost, they won't get it. They won't get the preaching. They won't get why we follow the Bible. They won't get why we, uh, why, why we stick to the word of God. But we can continue to be, to be able to share with them that word of God. But you look here in verse 16, the empire here, and who is sufficient for these things? Paul asks a question, Who is worthy? Who's worthy of such an honor to resent the sweet smell of the savior? Who's worthy to resent to them to present to other people the word of God? And we, we think about ourselves that we have that opportunity in ministry. If you, uh, if you don't have it there, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. You think of that. Don't think of anything as yourself. Don't think you are sufficient for this great job that God's given to us. Don't think that you're worthy for this task because we are just, all we are is sinners saved by grace. All we are is a person who is bound for hell but saved by the word of God. So we are not sufficient for this task, but we know that Jesus Christ is sufficient. We know it says, but our sufficiency is of God. And so in those ministries that you're in, and, and maybe you're alive, and you don't think you're worthy, you don't think that you're fit for the job, you're absolutely right. You're not. But Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is our sufficiency. And so, now look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, but in verse 4 and 5. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God... In much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, and in tumult, tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. God doesn't paint a very pretty picture here. Harry's here saying, Well, you're going to face afflictions, you're going to face distresses, you're going to face stripes talking about like not, not little whippings, but uh, uh, being hurt, imprisonments, in labors, in watchings, you're going to face a lot of difficult times. Jesus Christ knew all this. He knew that ministries, when we serve, we are going to face challenging times. We're going to face difficulties there. Yet despite all this in Second Corinthians 6, verse 10, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. You can be poor, but rich in Christ. You can be sorrowful, but rejoice in the Lord. And so these are things that we can remember for us when we serve in whatever ministries may be, that uh, the times of sorrow, you can rejoice in Jesus Christ that is giving you the opportunity to serve. That during those, uh, the, during those times where it's getting difficult and, and you just don't feel you're, you're sufficient, that you can rejoice in God and He can make you rich. And so Paul found this out by first having a broken heart. And so to remember, we have to be thankful in, in ministries. We have to uh, remember that in ministries, we have to rejoice in Him. And, and to think about the ministries you're in, and just those small things for us to be thankful for. And maybe sometimes, I have here the, uh, the title here, down but not out. You think about boxing, it's uh, that uh, when boxers are kind of doing punches and sometimes they get, they, they get knocked down, and hopefully a good fighter, he's not gonna stay down, he's gonna get back up. And for someone to really be um, a, a world-class boxer, he's gonna have to face challenges. He's gonna have to face tough opponents. He's going to have to face people maybe better than them. They're going to have to face tough situations, but if they get knocked down, they're going to get back up. And so we remember for us that sometimes we are going to be knocked down. That those trials and those difficulties and those challenges we face, it's going to knock us down. But we have to get right back up. We have to continue to keep fighting. We have to continue to to keep pressing on. And so, so Paul here had that broken heart. But he got back up. And so maybe for some of you, you your ministries, you, th- you thought about, it's too much for me. It's too challenging. I don't know if I can do that. And so we hope that you just get back up and you continue to fight. And so things to remember to stay encouraged in ministry. So I'm going to give you some few points here. that things to remember to stay encouraged in ministry. First here is to remember... It's all about God. Remember, it's all about God. We live in a society that's no longer God-centric. We live in a society that's me-centric. We live in societies we think about me, what God can do for me, what church can do for me, what the world can do for me, what can my jobs do for me. But it's not about that. So you look at Mark 8:34. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And oh, sorry. Um, and so we look here. Jesus Christ says, "Hey, it's not about you. You have to deny yourself, deny your aspirations, deny about what your goals are, take up the cross." In ministry, is about taking the cross. It's not about promoting yourself. It's not about uh, making yourself look good. It's all about making Jesus look good. It's all about letting, lifting up Jesus Christ and the cross. And so we may not always, in the trials we face, we may not always be able to see what God has planned for us. We may not always see what God is doing. But we just have to keep our eyes on God. We have to keep our focus on God. Even though sometimes we may not see the big picture, maybe even sometimes those times where we we can't see why God's putting these challenges in our life, we have to see the big picture there. Uh, the next one here. Remember, some people would disappoint you, but you don't need to disappoint God. In Second Timothy, uh, chapter two, chapter four, verse ten. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed to that's Nai Christian to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Here he was saying here, Demas, he's left them. He left for the world. He left for the love of the world. And so we can probably think about people that we've ministered to, maybe we've co-labored with. Maybe young people that we've given our, our lives to. That they've forsaken and they've left the things for the, this present world. And, and I've said I've been in church ministry for 20 plus years. And if I had to es- estimate about how many children I've, I've taught during those uh, uh, 20 years, it's probably uh, in excess of, of a thousand, right? But I can only name probably a handful of those who are still serving in ministry or, or serving somewhere um, in a church. And I can probably tell you a lot of people who I thought would make it, I thought to would do something for God, but the world got to them. They loved the things of the world rather than the things of God. They loved what the world had to offer rather than what the word of God had to offer. So I faced my shares of disappointment. I faced my shares of discouragement. But if I were to focus on that, I would have quit a long time ago. I can't focus on the discouragement. I can't focus on disappointments. All I, can think is, all I can think is who else I can be a blessing to? Who else can we minister to? Who else needs to be saved? And who else needs to hear the gospel? And so we have to think of those things in, in ministry. And, 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 and though uh, Paul faces shares of disappointment, Paul faces shares of uh, people that have hurt him, he continued to labor on. And disappointments are going to happen in ministry. You can't get away from that. The only way to get away from disappointment in people in ministry is to stop ministering to people. But that isn't an option. That really should not be an option for us. So next one here, remember trials will come. Remember trials will come. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 to 13. Beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange things happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So this reminding us here, prepare for those fire trials. That when they come, don't act like it's the total surprise. Don't act like people aren't going to disappoint you. Don't act like there's not going to be hurt in ministries. Don't act like um, there'll be times that you uh, maybe don't do as you planned. And um, maybe those those things will blindside you. You don't expect it. Maybe sometimes we see it coming. But we can plan that those trials will come. But as we see here, but rejoice... In the opportunity to share in it. And that uh, though, during those trials, we can rejoice that we're able to share in the highs and lows of ministries. That, we, that God has given us the opportunity to share in the hard times and the good times that we'll have in ministries. And so we can rejoice in it, that we can share in it. And so here, next one. Remember, you're in it for the long haul. Remember, you're in it for the long haul. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, verse we all know very well. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is a reminder to us that the finish line is the goal. Not maybe that one lesson that you had that you taught. Maybe it's not that one event that you are organizing. Maybe it's not that uh, one day that you, that opportunity have, but we have to continue to press toward the market and continue for it. If you, uh, sometimes, if I were to, uh, you think about running a marathon, right? Not that I have any experience in that, or ever will, uh, of running a marathon. I have a better chance of up here singing than to ever run a marathon. So in other words, none are gonna happen. But you, you think about what it takes to run a marathon. You you start that starting line. You say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm going I'm to finish this. Uh, I'm going to finish this uh, marathon. I, I don't know of anybody, uh, whoever says, you know what, I'm going to start this marathon, but I, I, I plan on quitting about a quarter way. I don't think anybody, who, whoever has that mindset. And they start that marathon and say, you know what, I got this. I'm going to finish it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And maybe they get like halfway and, and by the time they're, they're chugging. Uh, and, and they're just panting and they're just saying, okay, God, get me through this hill. Get me through this, um, this uphill battle and, and just help me through this. And then by you get, times you get closer, maybe at the 22-mile uh, mark, you think, oh, man, let me just finish this. Don't let me pass out, right? And sometimes ministry is like that too. When you, when you start a ministry, you, you, think, you think you can do it. Uh, you, you think that you, you know that God's going to help you and, and uh, you're just so excited To be serving in ministry, and maybe after uh, four or five more years, you think, "Oh, but this is getting a little challenging." So, God, God, just help me. And uh, it's been difficult, but I still want to do this. Just help me, God. And then maybe you you serve ten years, and in your prayers, God, just get me through this. You know, I, I, I don't don't want to. God, just help me get through this. And and so sometimes ministry is like that. We we get so excited, but it kind of gets challenging along the way. It gets a little difficult along the way that we sort of forget the big picture. We sort of forget that we need to press toward the mark. And so a lot of times what helps me when I face those challenges in in ministry, uh, 15 plus years in in children's ministry here, you got your highs and your lows, Times when tennis goes up, tennis goes down. Uh, maybe sometimes uh, you, you don't have all the workers that you need facing the discouragements. Um, and we've all faced them. And some things that I try to remember during those times. During those times when it just gets a lot, uh, little challenging for us. I like to think about those missionaries who just have it harder than us. I think about those missionaries who are in the field who have to scrape for the support. I think about the missionaries who are in fields who who have to face persecution. I think about the missionaries who are, are in countries where uh, churches are shutting governments are shutting them down. So I think about the challenges I have are nothing compared to what a lot of missionaries go through. The challenges I I I have here, man, they're they're minuscule compared to missionaries who gave up family and, and lot and their Life that they know here, who who gave up um, aspirations, who gave up jobs, and here I'm complaining because something didn't go right. That I'm complaining because a kid that I was ministering to stopped coming. Hey, missionaries face that every day, and so we have to look in those perspective here. That the perspective of the uh, the trials we face, there are those challenges. I, I I think about the church is just fighting to survive, and not, we're, we got to be thankful here that. God's given us this property here, three buildings here, and, and that God has blessed us. I, I remember when Pastor first actually come on staff uh, many years ago, and uh, it was just my uh, one other staff person. The offerings weren't that high. Uh, I, I was a teller back then as well, and we knew that offerings that high. I think, how are we going to pay for it? But God provides. And, and, and so we just think here, and for those who are here with the beginning of the church you never could have imagined from Oakland, Chinatown, to a property with three buildings, uh value here, value here is probably 10 plus million dollars, that God would be able to do this in 20 years. We've got a lot to be thankful for here. We've got a lot to praise God for. So those difficulties you have in ministry, those small challenges you have faced here, think about what God is doing here. Think about the the opportunities God is providing here, but where churches in in many parts of America are just fighting to survive, fighting to stay open. That uh, they don't have, the number have that they can't even get a dozen on a Wednesday night service. But we have a lot to be thankful for here tonight and what we have uh, in the Heritage Baptist Church. There's times we're discouraged, we can face that, the Christians who were persecuted. And I, uh, a couple of months ago, I had an opportunity to uh, speak in Youth Fellowship about the Baptist history. And I admittedly, I didn't know a whole lot about Baptist um, history um, when I, when I uh, preached on it a couple months ago. So I had to learn about it. And so what I learned was that the persecution, the hardship they faced back then, what I go through, what we go through, it's nothing. We talk about how challenging it is to get people to come to church. We talk about how people's doors get closed on us. Man, that's nothing about what our forefathers had to go through to be able to start a Baptist church. That's nothing to go through uh, compared to what, uh, what Jesus Christ went through so that he could give us the say, his, his word. And so we have to always put those things in perspective and think about the difficulties and challenges we have. They're nothing compared to what Christians or missionaries are facing around the world. There's nothing compared to what pastors are facing around the world. There's nothing compared to what Baptists went through a couple hundred years ago. But why do they keep doing it? They keep doing it because of the sufficiency of God. And so one thing for us to remember here, as we, uh, we're going to end soon, is that we have to rely on the sufficiency of of God, that those times when you don't want to keep going, those times when you just want to give up, those times when you just feel too discouraged, you can remember the sufficiency of God. That He'll keep giving you the power, that He'll keep giving you the ability. All you need to do is keep the fire lit. Keep it burning. Because too often we want to quench the Holy Spirit. We want to say too often, no more. We want to say too often, God, it's not for me anymore. And so I end, I don't want to end on a discouraging note. So end on uh, verse 14 there. Now thanks be unto God, which caused us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us, in every place. Look okay, here. It's by us. God has allowed each of you to be a vessel. For that sweet smell of knowledge of Jesus Christ. That God has allowed each of you to have that opportunity. To let other people smell that sweet aroma. Of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Don't quench it. Be thankful in it. Be thankful for the opportunities you have that God has trusted you, a sinner, to present the word of God. That God has trusted you, the flesh, but he's given you the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, of God, so you can present to the world what God has done by dying on the cross for our sins. And so those discouragements you have in ministry, those disappointments, Look at the big picture. It's nothing. It's nothing. Sometimes, yeah, maybe you need to cry about it. Maybe you need to think about it. But there's going to be a time you need to get over it and keep pressing on and press toward the mark. And that's of Jesus Christ and what he can do through each of us. Let's pray.